How's that frame? Uh, yeah. Is that good framing? Oh yeah, that's beautiful. I like that frame. Beautiful. Naturally. All right. Yeah, we ready? Behave and naturally. And like human ready? beings. We're well. We're live. So. We are okay, live. We're live. Ready okay. is not <laughs> like that's not a factor here. Welcome back <laughs> to Fermented Fiction's live event. Uh, we're going to be streaming all day. Hopefully you're hopping in. Hopefully people are watching. All day, every day. All day, today, and tomorrow. Every oh. day for two days. I hope you were there for the amazing interview with JP Barnett. Uh, thanks for coming on again, JP. You're awesome. And I can't wait to start the book series. Yeah. Um, Which is Lore Stalker. Lore Stalker. Right there. Yeah. But now I guess we'll begin like we begin our normal episodes. Hello, humans. Hello. Um, you don't have to do an intro, though, because this season... We're going to be a real podcast, and we're going to cut together a little intro segment. Is there going to be lens flares in it? I hope so. I'm gonna uh, flare why do you think this is produced weed. by J.J. Yeah. <laughs> Pedro! Yeah, he said he's got J.J. Abrams on board. Oh, yeah. okay. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, Pedro there will be now the audience. Yeah, we have a lot of fans out here on uh, on the lake. Yeah, we can't yeah. see. You should see there. how crowded Lake Stevens is, is. Yeah. just for our show. Yeah. <laughs> like, we didn't charge him, which was a, just uh, there are so thing. many. It wouldn't be worth pointing the camera at them because it wouldn't it come wouldn't across. Come across. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it wouldn't do it any justice. Like no when you take a picture whatsoever. of a mountain, like why do you even do it? No, yeah, yeah. it never looks good. But we're gonna proceed with the show as normal. Uh, today we're. Or, not today, I guess. This session of the live stream, we're talking about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Book 2, The Restaurant at the End of the Universe. And we are doing that through the lens of argument and dice rolling, as always. So what is our game we play? Well, we usually we start with personal updates, and then oh, we <laughs> usually do... You need 12 personal updates. Yeah. We do our... Game which is called Forced Entrollment. Um, we got the name from Philip Bridgers, who's one of our most loyal viewers. Thank you, Philip Bridgers. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, Philip. I assume you're watching at this very moment. At some point, you know, I reckon he'll yeah, probably maybe. pop in at least. He does live in England, so. Is I'm he not a doctor? Sure. Philip Bridgers? No, he is not Dr. Bridgers. He's not Dr. Oh. He's not. He's an editor and a musician. Um, so, yeah, that's better, yeah. actually. The Renaissance man. Uh, old Philip Bridgers. So anyway, Force Entrollment, Phil Bridges named it. Aside from that, it has nothing to do with him except for he watches it a lot. Um, what we do is we will roll two D20s. Da -da -da -da. The high roll will attack, and the roll, low roll will defend the book, movie, or show we are discussing this week, regardless of how we actually feel about it. Um, and our book for this episode is the second book, in Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide saga. I mean, he calls it a trilogy. There are five books. <laughs> it That's is a trilogy. Part for the course of Douglas Adams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is like the amount of writing that many trilogies have, but it is in five books. They are so digestible. I'm going to call it a saga. Short digestible. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're doing the second one, which is the restaurant at the end of the universe. People who listen to these episodes later, we might skip life updates, because I don't think I can come up with 12, 12 life updates. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, we, Basically, like, the life update for this whole thing is we're here. I mean, what are the rules, really? Life update, found lint in my pocket. Boom. 
Uh, life updates. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a good point. Oh, we can start with life updates. Yeah, let's just it could just be anything. Small life updates. Uh, life update. I got Starbucks this morning. You did. I had a shot in the dark, which is my usual drink, which is a shot of espresso in black coffee. Oh. So it's, <laughs> it's But I don't. See, I learned that was called a red eye. In certain places it is. In Montana, it's shot in the dark. East Coast, it's a red eye. Um, it's really just a kick in the butt in the morning. But it's really good for your heart. Some people, see, <laughs> listen to me though. Absolutely. I know people that are like, do you, how do you drink that? And then they have like a full pot every day. And I'm like, cause that's all yeah. I drink. <laughs> I have that one cup of coffee every morning and that's it. Then I'm done with coffee for the rest of the day. And I think that makes up for, I mean, dad drinks like a pot and a half. He does, I do too, <laughs> so I can't really. You know, do what you love, do Drinking what you feel. Coffee. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that's good for your heart is drinking beer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at 10 a.m. and that's what we we're almost doing. 11. 10 we are going to be very healthy by the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. So and you're here being healthy with us. What's your life update? My life update is um, oh boy. I mean, I'm here doing <laughs> oh this show today. That is a that is a big event for me. I've been planning this for a while. Uh, Travis is here in person. He usually zooms in. If you're a watcher of the show, you already know that. But it's the first time we've all been in the same room. Um, we even have some guests coming in person. JP was here in person. Mm -hmm. um, people will be here in person tomorrow. So that to me is really awesome. I think there's a different energy when you record live. And Definitely. It feels really good to be doing things in person again after uh, after all the COVID shenanigans and the way that shook the world up. So Definitely. Yeah. This is something I appreciate. Um, happy about thankful for so well yours was very heartfelt yeah <laughs> there's a lot of them to go so. <laughs> we will I'll, see. I'll think up some more heartfelt things um are you ready to roll some dice let's roll some dice all right we're gonna do force enthrallment so again to Yay! reiterate we're talking about the restaurant at the end of the world Universe. book two and the hitchhikers the sorry universe book two and the hitchhikers guide to the galaxy and we are gonna roll two d20s. Whoever rolls high will defend, whoever rolls low will attack, and it doesn't matter what we actually think. We may love this book, we may hate it. Our roll will determine. Where are you starting? Regrets. I'm starting with my favorite. Oh, jeez, we lost. Please. We got more. Dang, bro. I'm starting with my favorite color, purple. I need to referee the yeah, uh, rolls. Cool. Yeah. I don't, oh, I don't wait, you know. think we would lie? I don't want any shenanigans that oh, Colin wasn't paid to participate in. It's a tie! Oh, snap! Have we ever had a tie? That's a tie. a tie. Two sevens. What oh, happens nice. when there's a tie? We roll it. I guess Jeremy and I debate. I think we both choose a champion, and the champion rolls for us. <laughs> okay. I choose, choose Colin. Oh, I choose Jeremy. You have to use the purple one. Here you go, Colin. I have. Oh, same die, huh? Same okay. die. Okay. Oh, no, our champion should have their own die. Oh, choose yeah. your own yeah. die. There's choose your own die. Well, exactly. you know what I'm gonna pick. Come on now. Calm, bro. Let's, let's see. This is get the big. So did Jeremy. Oh, oh our champions boys. have the oh, fancy dice. The big boys are coming out. Audience, look at these dice. You can't see them, but look at all of that. I can't see. Right. I can't see nothing. All right. Mine was an 11, so. Oh, well, mine is a 2, so you like, <laughs> I lose either way. Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> Even though you knocked mine onto a 5, it's still. Thanks yeah. a lot, Jeremy. I need some nuts, bro. Can I use that die next? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the die Clay gets to use all the time. Maybe it it's the lucky one. 
Well, it did just lose, but... It did just lose. I'll use Colin's Maybe it's lucky specifically for Clay. All right, timekeeper. All right. You got us. Oh, boy. So we're going to do this argument for 10 minutes, and after that, we're going to go to our other segments, which is Colin's Fermented Facts, Jeremy's I Have Notes, and our open table discussion of the restaurant at the end of the universe. But first, Jeremy, we'll start our 10-minute timer. Oh, uh, yeah. It feels good to get back in the swing of things. Woo. We got some entrollment. It's mm -hmm. gonna happen in uh, three, two, one, and go. Restaurant at the end of the universe. Mm -hmm. This is probably my favorite in the five book series, so I'm really glad that I didn't have to rip into it um, because I absolutely love this book. It starts exactly where it sounds like it starts. It starts at a restaurant, which Jeremy, remind me of the name. Uh, Millieways. Millieways, that's right. Millieways is a restaurant that exists like on the edge of a time warp, basically, where they get to watch the universe end every day uh, as part of their dinner. So it's a very exclusive, very fancy restaurant uh, where even the cows have volunteered to be butchered for your steaks. Um, and it is absolutely one of the funniest scenes in the entire saga. I love Ford Prefect trying to describe how the time warp works by using like uh, what he has on hand at the table and very drunkenly doing so. He's also very drunk. I mean, he's absolutely blasted from Pangalactic Arca Blasters, which is, you're not even supposed to drink more than one of those. I don't think you're technically supposed to drink one. Um, but there are lots of resources where you can recover from addiction. Mm. Um, so that, that, that is good. Uh, this this book is hilarious. It is fast-paced from beginning to end, and it goes through so many things. Uh, social commentary in this book is on point. Uh, they end up on a ship that is full of like the middle people of society, and that is a great social commentary on just how the world works and how so often the people who seem like they do the least <laughs> seem to get paid the most and it is a really interesting uh take on that on that aspect of industries and modern society so i really like douglas adams he wrote this so long ago and it's all so topical still so it's just uh, awesome to read especially in the the modern political climates how much of it is evergreen commentary on society mm. it's uh, hilarious i'm going to mention a movie for the sake of my uh, argument against, and I hope people have seen it. If they haven't, well, I'm sorry, you'll miss the reference, but um, Douglas Adams' first book, I very much enjoyed. I thought he would mix it up more with the second entry. I thought a, a little more creativity would come into the mix of his social commentary, but he kind of just stuck with the same flavor. And I think that flavor is akin to um, the movie Don't Look Up which is just wow just not as clever as it thinks it is um the same thing i thought with that movie i think with this book of like we get it we get the social commentaries you're, you're making we get like your cynical characters are the ones that kind of are seeing the world for what it really is um here he just douglas adams just kind of beats you over the head with it through these clever quippy you know, one-liners and all of that. And I think that had a welcome in the first book. 
and I'm just kind of getting sick of it by the second, and I'm sure that it continues in the third, and that's really my biggest gripe is that he has one flavor, and I don't think it changes, and yeah, I don't think it's uh, as intelligent as he wants you to think it is. I think the real change in the flavor comes from the development of the characters, because you start with you start to kind of like peel back the layers behind some of these characters who in the first book are just like pretty absurdist, like especially Zaphod and uh, Ford Prefect and even Arthur. He develops a lot in the second book, I think, because he really starts to, he starts to actually come to terms with where his place in the universe is. I mean, the whole total perspective vortex is in this book. Um, and that's important because it kind of sets you up for the message throughout the rest of the books, which is like, nothing matters and that's kind of okay. And like, chill out. <laughs> which is kind of like Ford Prefect's entire philosophy. And you're starting to see the foundational work for that to take root in Arthur's mind, which to me kind of represents like your average human, you know? Again, I think it just comes off more as cynical. And like, I don't think it's a good representation of, of philosophies that it's trying to represent like that is a lot of like Mahayana Buddhism is kind of like none of this it's not nihilism but it's like adjacent to that of your life doesn't matter as much as like you perceive it to so but that's like a good thing I think that's what Hitchhikers is trying to do and it it just comes off as cynical a lot of the times I think especially with Arthur by the end of this story I didn't like where he ended up. Like, he throws the guy into the... Spoilers. He throws the guy into the river. Um, he's on this planet, and he's just like, whatever, I don't care. He's kind of sulking, and I hated that journey for him. But I do think there was a journey. Who I don't think ever has a journey is Zaphod. Zaphod is just a dick. And, like, I'm getting very sick of that being one of the main pro protagonists of... The amount of times he makes a decision or treats somebody a certain way, I'm just like... Why is this person apparently the center of the universe? They're just an a-hole. <laughs> like, Zaphod is not a good person. Um, well, no. And I get that that's kind of the point, but then why is he the center of the universe, and why is he the most important person in history? Because he is the ego. You can't be the center of the universe unless you really believe you are. And Zaphod is only the center of the universe with the total perspective vortex because that particular universe was created specifically for Zaphod to figure out that he Watch has it. to take control of the universe. There are always spoilers <laughs> in this show. Spoilers. And we will not. Uh, we will announce that like generally when we do our little yeah. cutaway things. If but, you do not want spoilers, you should not have watched. Yeah. <laughs> Read the book. Spoiler alert. Then watch. You shouldn't have watched this show. Read the book If first. you wanted to first read the unit, uh, the restaurant at the end of the universe. Anyway. Get in the comments. Boom. <laughs> Chime off in the comments. Spoiler Any comment is a good comment by Jeremy. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I think a lot of what he's trying to get across <laughs> gets lost in his cynicism and his witticisms try and cover it up of like being positive because it's funny. But when you take the funny away, Zaphod's a dick. Arthur's given up on life. Um, Ford doesn't see a point in anything. So, like, well, I can't buy into any characters that have no hope, that have no, like, view of how things can get better. It's all just like, well, none of it matters, so 
I think that he does a philosophy that is very, very hard to balance. And I think when it's balanced well, it's a great philosophy, but it just, it ekes into nihilism so easy. And I think he ekes into nihilism and he tries to cover it up with humor. Not even a little bit. It is so much not nihilism. I mean, Ford Prefect loves life. He's like the happiest person in the universe. He just doesn't- At the end of the book? I don't think he is. Not the end of that particular book, but it's a five book story. I mean, you're taking you're taking a low point in for Arthur and for Four. This the ending of this book is a low point for their character arcs. But if you're talking about the entire arc of Arthur, this uh, him being alone in that cave actually leads him to discovering that that's where he is happy. He ultimately like spoiler alert is gonna love just being alone and just making sandwiches and like that is basically going to become his life purpose and he kind of discovers that here by reaching that low point but he does have to reach that first before he can come to terms with everything that he's left behind which was like everyone he ever knew on his planet and all that he has a pretty good reason to be nihilistic is what i'm saying it, it makes sense like it's not like it just comes out of nowhere or it's just like a prod product of like a bit that douglas adams is doing yeah but what i'm saying is if you're gonna try and get me to read a five book series you want me to like buy into the arcs of your characters and it restaurant at the end of the universe again don't like arthur by the end of it don't like uh, Zaphod never did like Zaphod. Well, no, he's basically thing. Donald Trump in space. And I don't like uh, how Ford's kind of ends up. And so, why would I read the third one? Like, I'm I've, I'm going through these chronologically, and I'm gonna give up now because I'm like, I don't care. These people are just at a nihilistic low point, and yeah, sure, maybe they come high, but he hasn't set up that hope of the next novel for me. He again tries to keep positivity with humor, but it all gets lost in this nihilistic view, I think. And I don't have a motivation to continue the series because of it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I just definitely disagree with that it is nihilistic. I think that it is much more optimistic than it is nothing matters necessarily. I mean, nothing matters is sort of what makes it optimistic, which to me is, is really cool. It's a philosophy I definitely personally connect Shut with. Up. Hello! Beer Alright. Of the day one. First beer. What craft beer would pair with the Hitchhiker's Guide? We have a Mexican style lager. The most interesting lager in the world. Oh, which yeah. Seemed very. I feel like Zephod would drink this. Ford would drink that. Yeah. Zephod would drink that. And they would serve it. At the re at Milliways. They would definitely serve. They would. You, you know they wouldn't skip having. All right. No. People, I know you have loved watching the chug. I know. I know you have. Please, it's, please. It's been your favorite part of the show. <laughs> yeah, please, everyone. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. It wrecks my stomach. So I'm gonna join yeah. all of them with just the little sampler. Terrible pour. Uh, yeah. Wow. I gotta get rid of the bubbles. I have a weak stomach. Yeah, man. Don't get all bubbly in there. Or you can you can also get it on what I'm doing. Which, what are you doing, Jeremy? Well, because there's various The Hitchhiker's Guide is my favorite series of books that have been written. 
I thought it was a good time for a return of the Hudson whiskey uh, to celebrate. All right. Made from real Hudson River water? I friggin' I don't know. Can you, I was gonna say real Hudson. Made from real Hudson. Can you tell <laughs> real Hudson. Made out of real Hudson's. <laughs> Can you tell Jeremy's everybody what time it is? is? What time it is? Well, right now it is 10.49 in the morning. Woo! <laughs> so yes. that's fun. And this is what I... <laughs> the time does display on our video. So I know, knows. right? Everybody Good morning. Knows. Hello. Good morning, Washington. Good morning. It's Good not morning, morning somewhere. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. You know, I'm as not, I'm not an alcoholic for saying it because uh, uh, Travis right. said it. As Jimmy Buffett and Alan Jackson famously said. Yeah, you, boy, you know your boy Alan's got a... They said... Yeah. Slauncha. Wait a minute. Slauncha. Slauncha. We're in the same room. I can... Tink. Yes. Tink it all. Tink. 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 The chaos of this... Disgusting. Oh, yeah. Okay, I think that's Pink. what live streams are for. It's the chaos. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in for the chaos, everybody. We're glad to have you here. Yeah. I need a taco with that. Dang. Hang That is a good lager. It is really tasty. Extremely drinkable. I like Very it. drinkable. Very light. Ooh, I like that. Crisp. Absolutely smashed this. That is about yeah, the extent the of the adjectives I have, light and crisp. I do want to just <laughs> sit near a body of water and just hang with this. I know. Yeah, it's got a lot of flavor for, for how light it is. Did you pour a double shot of Hudson <laughs> whiskey over there? Holy moly. It's, <laughs> it's a tall, thin shot glass. Mm, but, welcome uh, to Saturday. We love it. We're here. All right, does that... So, yeah. Where are we going next? So we got facts. Fermented facts. Fermented facts. Colin Poynton. I always try to jump the gun over you and like give my opinion because I'm just so excited, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't this time. That's not going to happen. So. That's very big of you. The Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide is steeped in sort of, uh, you know, hearsay and whatnot. Uh, so I will try my best to <clears throat> pull back the curtain. Uh, Douglas Adams uh, wrote... So basically, the uh, actually, I think in the preface of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, he actually states that like he was reading a book about hitchhiking across Europe, and he was like drunk in the daytime uh, with a bag and nothing else in, I think, in Austria and on a grassy hillside and he was like looking up at the sky and was like someone should write the hitchhiker's guide to the whole galaxy oh, nice. uh, so it was that concept did come from an actual book about hitchhiking oh, across nice. europe and the idea is that hitchhiking across europe would be like you know it was a book that sort of recommended like where to hitchhike yeah. where to go you know where can you get cheap stuff and how mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. this was also at a time before the euro so like every country had a different currency mm -hmm. and a different passport and all that stuff um and he actually was gonna it was a um radio show and that really comes across in the book because so much of it is dialogue especially mm -hmm. the funny parts and the you know snappy parts mm -hmm. so it was written as a uh, radio show and then got um that was done for the bbc and then also got turned into several books with the publishing house um 
and I, I do. Just, I can see this being a radio show. Yeah, it, it was. Um, so the radio show, you could listen to it. It you know, it's produced on BBC. You can find it online still for free now. Um, and it is like a lot of the scenes are exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, so he definitely just did all at the same time. <laughs> uh, but Douglas Adams also wrote for, um, uh, he wrote for Doctor Who, like okay. a few things. He mm. worked with Monty Python. He was in at least two episodes of their TV series. Which Doctor? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> one, of the, one of the 80s doctors, I assume. One of the 80s doctors? Yeah. 70s, 80s, something like that. How many doctors have there been? Uh, what is it, 14 now? I think so. All right. 14 doctors. It's a lot of doctors. David so Tennant was like Really good actors. <laughs> really yes. good actors have been doctors. Oh, yeah. Doctor Who's, yeah. Is, uh... Who plays Doctor Who in the Epic Rap Battles, and are they technically a doctor? Ooh. So, that would be Nice Peter and Watsky. Right. Are, right. So, I guess they are technically There's 16 doctors. doctors. <laughs> there are 16 total doctors, and that's canon. No one can convince me otherwise. No, no, no 16 Doctor Who's. Who's. Yeah. Doctors Who. Doctors, doctors Who. who. <laughs> if you will. So Douglas Adams, you know, reading about his biography makes me um, happy and feel better as a writer myself because uh, he took various odd jobs, which included like being a barn builder and stuff. Nice. Uh, so you know, I think he, I think his writing kind of shows he probably had ADHD, <laughs> and that also <laughs> no, is true. Looking at his biography as well, um, apparently, like. For so long, thanks for all the fish. The editor had to lock him in a hotel room to finish it. He had <laughs> horrible writer's block at various times, which I think also carries across in the book in terms mm -hmm. of like how it's like there's no transition in these two scenes. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's literally a part where he's like, if you don't want to read this third of the book, you can just skip to the to the final third where Marvin is in it. <laughs> where Marvin is in it. I mean, everyone does love Marvin. Marvin's but uh, also, like the first book, even more so, um, the, you know, probably the most famous drink in all of science fiction recurs, and yeah. that is the Pangalactic Gargolaster. So there's also such wonderful things as the um, Bug Bladder Beast of Troll and various other things. But is there, is, you can't see Anyway, it, what it, we it really need, need to know is the recipe for the Pangalactic Gargolaster. Is it in every which, book? I don't know if the recipe is in every book. The recipe no, no, is the in the drink. first one. Is the drink in every book? Let's see. I, I think so. I do it's believe that it appears in. But Zaphod and Ford drink several Pangalactic Gargoyle Blasters. Yeah, your boys go hard. And it is the juice from one bottle of Old Jank's Spirit. Yep, Beautiful. the Old Jank's Spirit. Don't give one me measure of water from the seas of Sandraginus Five. Sandraginus Five, yes. All three cubes of Arcturan Mega Gin. You want that? Mm. Yes. Four liters of Thalian Marsh Gas Bubbles. Ah, yes. Uh, Pour it over the back of a silver spoon, a measure of Quillactin Hypermint Extract. <laughs> a tooth of an Algolian Sun Tiger. Sprinkle Zamfuar. Add an olive. Drink very carefully. Indeed. Yeah. Drink very carefully. There are also various fan recipes of the drink. How to Drink has a weird one. 
His is very weird. <laughs> I, I do like how to drink. Yeah. I mean, I encourage everyone to watch it because it's yeah. How to drink? How to drink is, is great. Phenomenal. It's great, so good. great YouTube yeah. show. But that is easily the weirdest version of that drink I've ever seen. So his is uh, two ounces of London Dry Gin, three to four dashes of twenty percent saline solution, zero <laughs> over ice, smoke <laughs> that, that water with there. bog peat, top with seltzer, float a bar spoon of fernet bronca, garnish with a twist of lemon. And he drinks it, and he's like, "Ugh." <laughs> <laughs> like, Whoa, that is. I mean, it's a lot of gin. That is not for everyone. And there is another recipe online, uh, which I think is a little more, uh, a little more apt. And that one is gin, light rum, vodka, tequila, creme de menthe, uh, two tablespoons Galliano ice cubes, and a slice of lemon. And it. Uh, what's nice is it turns out as this. I do love a green drink and movie Marvin, that's nice. So, you know, get in the comments if you want us to try all these depictions. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Travis will try Please them. don't. I will. I mean, I will do it. I will do it. Yeah. Yeah. Chamba. Have those been our fermented facts? Those are your fermented facts. Oh, so thank yeah. you, Colin. Yes. Very good. Now, Jeremy. No, oh, me. Do you have notes? You oh. notes. <laughs> you, you know your boy's got some notes. Hey, sometimes right? you have fewer notes. Sometimes I do have fewer notes, but like, like I've read these books a lot. You know, you can always tell when I haven't finished reading or watching something or haven't read or watched something at, at all. all. <laughs> <laughs> because there's going to be fewer notes yeah. or there's going to be weirder notes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but this... I'm all over it. You got notes. So. One thing that I do really love about this book is that while it is called The Restaurant at the End of the Universe, almost all of the book has nothing to do with the restaurant or the end of the universe. True. Like, they, they even just skip out before watching the universe end. Yep. Just because just cause they was like, eh, seen it. Yeah. Like, it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you've seen it one time, you've seen you've it all seen the time. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, when, when I first, uh, like, had read these books, I didn't know about D&D or whatever. But this is one of those books where it feels like a D&D campaign that's gone fully off the rails from beginning to end. Yeah, really. yeah. which For is sure. every good D&D game. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just everybody, everything. Are we getting... Yeah, will you open that going? It's sick. probably my buddy Wolf. He's going to play some music. Yeah. Anyway, continue with your notes. We're so, live. Yeah. We're live. So that's cool. Hello. We are live. Oh. <laughs> what we got? Wolf. Right Hi, Wolf. Hi, Wolf. You're live. He's here. Come on in. You're, you're on. on. You're going to be here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is by my buddy Adam Wolf uh, from college. He's going to play some live music for us at some point today. Because yeah. he rules like that. He does. Yeah. So if you want to talk about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yeah, that's what we're talking about. about. We're recording or if you want to hide from try. the world, you, or you can hide. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's up to you. Also, how's it going, Wolf? Beautiful. Ah. Hey, see, brother. Thanks for coming. Yeah, and heartwarming reunions you can only get live. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> you. 
It's been a hot minute. All right, Jeremy. Okay. Notes. So my second note, we're on to note number two now. All right. That's pretty good. So I've written here, you know, don't even worry about the number. Numbers are, there's only four. I was trying to say it was written in your language. Self-created language. Yeah. No, I gotta get back into practice with that, because it okay. turns out, if you don't write with it all the time, it gets harder to it's read. It's just like my high school job <laughs> said. If you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's crazy. And that's not note number two. That is not <laughs> note number two. That's not, we'll call that 1A. Okay. 1A. Yeah. Subsection. Yeah, it's, it's a subsection, so you can reference back. It's great. Good. Uh, so, the, the next thing I have, this is note number two. Uh, Douglas Adams paints a picture of a universe that gets more insane with every stroke of the metaphorical brush. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I do love that. I love that on the, the planet where the guide is published, it's always just like five o'clock just before all the bars close or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, as if that's not absolutely and entirely bananas. Mm -hmm. And, uh little things like the artificial universe just being in Zarni Whoop's office. <laughs> just, yeah. He's got one. Yeah. So that he doesn't have to, yeah, who wants to leave home to research your your guide to when you can just for traveling places. That's crazy. Universe. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, hot black Desiato. Yeah. You know, you know. It's Desiato. great. Absolutely. I do want that shirt. Yeah. There's got to be a hot black dusty out. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> someone's yeah. made it. So. I, I mean, I want a shirt that lets people know I'm spending a year dead for tax purposes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great. It's a great way. Yeah. So yeah, pretty good. Note number three. Yeah. Which actually does have to do somewhat with arguments that were made, and Clay did kind of touch on this after you said it. Uh, but uh, Zayfan is the center of one artificial universe. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of, and that and that reveal, it doesn't do much to him in this book, but it does kind of set the trajectory for where he ends up mm. later on mm -hmm. in the series. And that's pretty cool. Because otherwise, his entire, well, both of his entire brains would have been <laughs> obliterated <laughs> uh, by a little you are here uh, yeah. arrow. It's good. He would have never made it through the actual... No. No, he couldn't ever handle that. Yeah. He's not nearly self-aware enough. Mm -hmm. no. no. You can't you can't handle that. Nobody really is. Maybe Arthur. By like the very end. By the end. Maybe. But like Yeah. By by the end. By the end. But, but don't don't worry. There's there's three more books of this series for when I feel like phoning it in personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, whenever we come back to one of these, it means we were like, you want to just you do one just of those? Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to just bang out hitchhikers? Bang out some hitchhikers? Why not? Why not? All right. Exactly. Note four. Note four. <laughs> yeah. Keep her moving. Note four. I'm keeping her moving. Oh, yeah. So, so commanding in person. <laughs> so, and, and this speaks, I guess, not only to this book, but the last one and the, the ones that come. And it comes from Arthur being the, the sort of POV character, mm -hmm. where it seems like the point of this book, maybe life, I don't know, is to find your own point. 
like what makes you happy where you're at mm-hmm. and not sort of be defined by things outside of that because like who gives a shit? it's all wild and crazy man mm-hmm. you know and that's uh that's good that's let's see one other thing that I didn't take as a note, but we'll, we'll call it 4A. 4A. <laughs> Subsections. Subsections. Woo! Yeah. That means footnotes. it's not six notes. It, yes, it's, a, it's in the footnotes. If, you, <laughs> That's if you're reading along love this thing that we did not write down. Love footnotes. Six regular notes, two footnotes. Two footnotes. Really. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, but, Four regular notes. Uh, and this was something that was kind of brought to my attention somewhat recently, is that uh, I am changing my answer as to the difficulty level of adapting the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for the screen, because it's mostly because of Zaphod's two heads. <laughs> it is just one of those insane, nearly throwaway jokes yeah. that you can picture in your head, but when it comes to making that appear visually in like live action there are horrifying <laughs> results yeah <laughs> there's a bbc version tv show that they made yeah, in, in the 90s and he oh, has two heads and they're two different actors yeah oh, oh man and then Crazy. in the film adaptation with martin freeman that they put his heads like one on top of the other yeah you know so you not didn't have to see both of them all the time yeah but when you saw the second one that was that was the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's true. All right. And yeah, some notes. Woo, we did it. It's been done. Thank you, Jeremy. Well done, Jeremy. Thank you. Ah, Good notes. Well done to me. I've done And I, I only keep us on the timeline because I'm always just chopping at the bit to say what I actually thought when I lose. It's really a self It's really hard. <laughs> and it's really hard to sit here and be like, anyway. <laughs> I love this book. <laughs> I love it. I lied. I actually, the funny thing is, and I, what I really love about this book, is I don't agree with Douglas Adams' philosophy. I am not the kind of person that thinks that everything's pointless and like, but that's the beauty of it. But I think Douglas Adams lives his philosophy and I think he writes it brilliantly. And like, I can appreciate his philosophy, even if I don't agree with it. Um, and I do think. He leads his characters to a really cool development. Everything you said about setting up the later story, I think the book does that wonderfully. I love how it ended. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do think it is a low point, but it's a really good low point. Yeah. Like, I'm excited to see where Arthur and, and Ford go. And I think one of the most brilliant scenes in the series so far is when they meet the guy that, like, makes the universe. Yeah, yeah. And he has to be, like... <laughs> removed from care of it yeah. like he can't care about the decisions they just come to him and he like says them to a committee and then the committee makes the universe and they're like yeah okay and i think that's like pretty true of like real power just always kind of gets corrupt so they have an incorruptible person because he doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> he's just playing with his cat yeah. and like his conversation is so zen oh i love it zarny right? whoop is like so you make decisions for the universe how do you do that he's like uh, i just i only know what i am aware of right now <laughs> i think it's very like i have always appreciated like the marcus aurelius like leadership of like i don't want to be a leader but like i have to by necessity that's like the extreme of this like he doesn't know who he is it, it almost yeah. makes sense that the people who run everything 
have to like go find a guy that's completely removed from yeah. everything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, all of our problems are solved. And it's I, like when you go to a retreat, yeah. you know, and yeah. you're completely away from everything and then someone explains in very obvious terms the next thing you should do and you're like, why didn't I just have that conclusion? It's the first time too I've liked Zaphod because him and Trillian both leave the cabin like, they're like, yeah, I think we're in good hands. Like, yeah. this is exactly like... Zaphod <laughs> literally pulls out a bottle, <laughs> drinks it, and jumps on his bed. And the other guy is just like, can't comprehend, like, what is going on. Um, he's having a full existential crisis, and Zaphod's just like, yeah, this is, this is good. It really... Not to get, not to get too much... Cool cat. Too much into the weeds, but like it reminded me of C.S. Lewis's *The Great Divorce* is a philosophy I do believe in. It's like a very, very good Christian theology book. But there's a there's a professor character in it that literally meets an angel, and the angel's like, "Yeah, this is how heaven is," and the professor's like, "Yeah, but I've read that heaven's like this," and he's like, "Well, you're here, so it's it's not like what you've read." And he's just like, <laughs> "No, but I think you're wrong." Like arguing with an angel, and I love the character in this that basically does that of like, but if you don't understand, like, no, you're supposed to be like this. And I think so many humans would do that if they actually totally. met like totally. divine oh, yeah. presence would just be like, no, it's supposed to be like I read, and it's like, yeah, but you're there. <laughs> like yeah. you know, so I really, really enjoyed that. It's just another god that they meet in the series. What are we up to, like three or four now? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they meet oh, lots of gods. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that too. I, I love that the creator of the universe is just—he's just living his best life, <laughs> playing with his cat. And yeah, like, he talks to a couch for a week. Yeah. <laughs> and like his answer to everything is like, I can neither confirm nor deny that, for I only know <laughs> what is in my mind. Uh, yeah. This book is like one of the most hilarious ones, too. I oh, yeah. Adam's so wit fun. is brilliant. Um, I love, I absolutely love the entire, like, as a history geek, I love the, like, entire process of the society forming mm -hmm. all the way to the point where they're making documentaries <laughs> oh, right. over the course of like one book and it's like uh such a brilliant conclusion to the book when he's like nope you have to come to terms with the fact that you're the actual inhabitants of original earth are dead um your ancestors are those people over there <laughs> making documentaries about themselves <laughs> Yeah. Like they, they can they can make a documentary, but they can't make fire. No. <laughs> they, can't, they can't figure out how to make fire, but they're like filming the process of, of trying to learn to make fire. To learn to make fire. <laughs> and they're and they've got like a producer oh, and they have making the, in the leaves. Everyone has amazing hair. Like all the hair is yeah, immaculate. There's a lot of hairdressers. A lot of hairdressers and makeup. Their, their telephones are perfectly sanitized. <laughs> yeah, right. right, right. It's, In fact, there's a throwaway line that the planet where they took the top third of society was all of the smart people. Mm -hmm. The bottom third was all the workers. They need those two, and they got they sent rid them of to, everyone. Yeah. All the middle management yeah. completely gone. But then there's a throwaway line that until. The society contracted a disease that killed everyone right. that was from an unsanitized phone. Because <laughs> there's no phone sanitizers. Yeah, they were yeah, on the ship that left. So really, the only remainder of that population on that planet was the management that became Earth. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and I do love the, the sort of throwing away of basically everything that happened in the first book by making... Arthur being descended from these Yetzes, 
like his being a part of the Earth's programming never true. means nothing. Yep, never true at all. <laughs> Yeah. Which is awesome. I love that, and I love, I, I do love that start of the book with the end of the universe uh, seeming so benign, mm. because it's just this, like, or banal, I mean, not yeah. benign, banal, um, because it is this, uh, like, spectacle. And because the showman is such a, like, basic showman, yeah. and, like, he's putting on a hell of a performance, but the way it's described is, like, this is really, like, nothing that special, though. Uh, and it really goes to show, like, uh, that's such an interesting way of how we, like, when you, like, commercialize a phenomena, yeah. you, know, you take away all the actual phenomenon from it, all yeah. the ways. And, and I, thought, I thought that was really Until cool. the prophet surprisingly shows up. Right, until the prophet right shows up. Right before the universe ends. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry, I'm late. Do I have time? Boom. <laughs> no, you don't have time. Also, but it, I mean, that does bring up, because we get... We get the perspective of a character who is not a main character as he's doing the performance at the restaurant at the end of the universe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is like, I mean, you take a creative writing class and the first thing they tell you is don't head hop. Right. Don't jump into the minds of characters who are not point of view characters. Mm -hmm. And that's this whole book. Yeah, mm -hmm. Adam doesn't yeah. give Come a shit. Like, there's always <laughs> three levels in every scene in the book. And, like, one is the character's thoughts. And then, like, one is our knowledge of the character's thoughts. And then we'll also get other characters' thoughts about the character that we're supposed to be following in that scene. His humor, that's how his humor works so well, though. I was like, because I'll never forget in the first book the line when he walks into the, like, room of the right. one god and is like it looked like like the, yeah this made from this couch looked like it was made from the and then sliding and then, is like it was made from the rib cage it's <laughs> 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 like right after <laughs> that couch looks like it was made from this it was made from this yeah it was, it's brilliant and then there's like I mean, you can almost, in your mind, imagine that he wrote the scene where the guy in the bathtub offers a gin and tonic Love to, to uh, Arthur and Ford. And then there's an entire explanation of how an alien race knows what a gin and tonic is when those just, two are from a different time period. Yeah. And then how it has just to do with linguists. Yeah, it's a different drink. <laughs> yeah, that like Everything. linguists have been evaluating this and like... <laughs> The young ones have a yeah. new idea for what it means for universal languages, and then they become old, bitter, resentful linguists because <laughs> their theory doesn't pan out. I think too, it, it reminds me a lot of like Gulliver's Travels in the I, I'm gonna talk about this in our next argument about what makes what makes a classic. And I think what makes a classic is like Adams's humor is timeless because he builds his humor based upon the world that's in his book. He doesn't pull from the outside world references that we can't, like, only a person in a certain time period can understand. Like, all his humor is built yeah. there. And that's much like Gulliver's Travels of, like, it's very clear when you dive into it that it's a critique of France, England, and all these different countries. But it's in language within Swift's world, so everyone can understand it. Yeah, Everyone can, like apply different countries to the different islands and stuff and i think adams does that a bunch it's really interesting how that like how that can make made up bullshit words so much more meaningful than like real references too yeah because a real reference not only dates material but it like like you said it kind of like creates a requirement mm -hmm. a, a gate that you have to like be able to pass to really grasp the full joke or the full concept 
full reference. Yeah, because how old is? But it's yeah, like Zarni oh, would nineteen eighty. So yeah, everyone's still in on the joke. Everyone will always be in. On will the joke. always yeah. be in on the joke, even though half the words are made up and completely mm -hmm. nonsensical and like impossible to pronounce. It doesn't everyone's matter in on the joke because yeah, you have as much knowledge as anyone else. Yep, yeah. it's, it's even as much as Douglas Adams probably had. Yeah. Put it all there. Like maybe more in hindsight. Yeah, maybe more in hindsight for sure. In fact, I mean, a lot of people haven't read The Hitchhiker's Guide, and uh, like most people who read science fiction have read it. But even if you haven't, it's massively important. So, for instance, the uh, there's a famous philosopher who's written about animal rights, uh, Peter Singer, who's an Australian philosopher, yeah. been a big name for since the '80s. And he brings up in his philosophy the cow that wants to be eaten. It's, it's the name of his essay on the topic of like, if we could genetically modify animals that want to be eaten, is it more ethical to eat that meat than from an animal that doesn't want, want to, be to be eaten? I'm pretty sure that's just ethically nightmarish. Well, and that's presented in the yeah, book, right? Because the yeah. cow comes out, and it's literally, if you haven't read the book, the cow comes to their table, and he's like, you should eat my loin. I've been my eating grain the best. Yeah. yeah, he's the best part of me. I never <laughs> exercise. Yeah. He's like, this I is going to be... massaging my hindquarters. <laughs> he's upset when, when Arthur orders a salad. And when our, yeah, Arthur oh. orders a salad, he's, like, offended. Yeah. <laughs> that he's not going to be eaten. Yeah. And he makes reference to what the vegetables think about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I know many thing. broccoli stocks who would disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that scene. I loved that scene. It's just so many absolutely golden scenes in this. Um, in fact, in literally last week's new episode of uh, Star Trek Strange Horizons, the plot device, it's a, by the way, it's called like Subspace Rhapsody, and it's the musical. The whole episode is I musical. hate musical yeah. episodes. <laughs> uh, so the excuse they give for the sciencey techno babble for why the Never crew has singing. to sing is because of an improbability field. Oh, which classic. is directly from the Hitchhiker's Well, we talked about in the first episode we did on the first book the, the Babblefish. Like, yeah. yeah. Babble the app is you know exactly. or like, yeah and you know i like to think that since the book is just filled with like made up words that are just entire gibberish i like to think that it's because we've got the babel fish but there aren't any english words for the things that are being said mm, there you go yeah that's a so ton of fantasy authors have used that i think robert jordan was interviewed about like why is the ancient language in Wheel of Time so much different than the modern language? And he was like, because you're reading a translation of like what the language actually sounds like. I'm translating it into English for you. Yeah. That's a good way to go around. <laughs> yeah. Sure you are, Robert. Sure you are, Robert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think Tolkien said that too, didn't he? he yeah, that. his whole thing was are. that that like the whole like metatextual yeah. narrative was that he found these things yeah. and translated was translating them into English. English. Right, right. There are real history of like the, of the world. That's true. He did find it in all the cultures that he yeah. appropriated yeah. the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah, just all of the all the stuff. Yeah. All the lower class people as orcs. <laughs> so uh yes. how many pangalactic gargle blasters <laughs> are we given? 
Restaurant. Yes, how many Pangalactic Gargle Blasters? Okay. Well, for me, I think the healthiest amount of Pangalactic Gargle Blasters to drink is none. Sure. Um, but to fully enjoy the restaurant at the end of the universe, you clearly need two or three. Um, so I'm going to follow Ford's model because I I would I would follow Ford wherever he led me. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he's yeah. the guy to follow. Born leader. Guy. Guy. Born leader. Born leader. Revolutionary man. Um, and I definitely, I would I would drink as many as he drank, which I think was like eight or nine. <laughs> <laughs> he went hard. Yeah. Boy, on an empty stomach, even. Yeah. yeah. Go on. How about you guys? How many pain black blasters? I mean, I think this is better than the first one, which the first one was great, but this is better. This one has all the all of the scenes. So, however many is, I don't want to be too drunk to like not enjoy it. So. Sure, sure. Well, like two is that a reason? Two's one? good. Yeah. Two's a lot better two, idea two than my idea. Two pan galactic gargoyles. So I'm pretty tipsy. I'm pretty drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not like blacked out. Right. Because yeah. I want to remember. You'll just need to relearn how to walk afterwards. I want to remember. Right. <laughs> well, I'll be sitting down in a chair. Reading, That's good. So that fine. You'll, you'll want that. Yeah. Maybe a glass of water, too. To <laughs> even though that hydrates. <laughs> <laughs> Not as bad of a hangover. Yeah. I would say four. Four pangalactic gargoyles. Yeah. One you have to drink when they're in milliways. Mm. Another one you have to drink when they're when they get gin and tonics you should probably have a gin and tonic ah, in where they drink i agree so I two agree. three <laughs> three pan galactics and a gin and tonic <laughs> yeah we should i think have. they drink another well and then and then zaphod pulls out a bottle of something or other old jank, jank spirit old jank spirit yeah and then and then the uh ruler of the universe he also has a drink that was left behind from the like, yeah. council that, that he doesn't understand why. Yeah, but I think it was. I think it was a whiskey. I think it was a whiskey. Yeah, it's just there, and he's like, "Well, this is a drink. Yeah, we'll drink it." I, I was surprised that that he really likes whiskey. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you would think like a sort of a, a a hermit Zen person would like not like alcohol, but it depends on the culture. I mean, I think of a hermit Zen person in Montana. They're definitely slugging <laughs> yeah, slugging down whiskey. <laughs> like they're they've got a. They're yeah. probably making their own whiskey. Yeah. If they, yeah. <laughs> That's if the old I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. And if the if the ruler of the universe starts making his own whiskey, that's really enough stuff. Yeah, he's he gonna can, make it weird out there. He's gonna drink whatever's left behind. Yeah. If like the amount, if the amount of impact from him just playing with his cat, I can't imagine if he got into <laughs> fermenting and brewing things. That, that would be wild. Yeah. Wild. Uh, Jeremy. Oh, it's me. Uh, I don't know. As much, I would rate it as much of a bottle of old jank spirit as I could reasonably get through. All right. In in a read through. So yeah, that that much. Full bottle. We'll One say, drink. We'll say yay much. <laughs> yay much. Yay much. Yay much. Don't give me none more of that old jank spirit. Yeah, just give me one more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Big fans. Yeah, big fans of The Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. Uh, book two, The Restaurant at the End of the Universe.